Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Last week, quite a game, quite a day. A lot of superstitions happened during the game last week. And I was bombarded by these thoughts all week long. And so I just want to go there real quick just to get it out of the way. Uh, One guy said as soon as he put on Lenny Dawson's jersey, the Chiefs started winning. One grandma told her grandkids they were all going to be wearing the same clothes this Sunday as they were last Sunday. I heard of a lady who left after the first few minutes and went shopping at Oak Park Mall. There was another lady here in this church that said she left and went shopping, and then they started to win. The lady at Oak Park Mall said once they started to win, she started watching it on her phone, and she had like five or six people hovered around watching the game on her phone. Emma said that it was when she came home and started watching is when they started to win. Another friend of mine said he got so frustrated, he went out and started working on his car, and as long as he worked on his car, they kept winning. Jimmy and Cody have banished Trish and I from their home. Because last year when we went to this game, they lost. And they said, under no circumstances are you welcome in our home. I don't know how to feel about that. (laughs) But I'm going to honor it, just in case, all right? Uh, Some of you don't know that I have a weird hobby, that I'm a Casey Wolf uh, substitute. No, I'm not working today because I'm here. This is my job, all right? And uh, Casey Wolf, the, the, the little toy here, was not watching the game. As soon as he started watching the game, they started to win. I don't know. What is, what is up with that? And then there's this guy. Everybody know Bad Luck Chuck? How many of you have never heard of Bad Luck Chuck? Just raise your hand. Yeah, you got a life. The rest of you, you the rest of us don't. This guy, this guy literally left the game after the first quarter, videoed himself leaving the game. It went viral. Now Bad Luck Chuck is famous, at least for 15 minutes. They have brought him a TV. They brought him sounds up. They have told him, Patrick Mahomes even said, don't come to the game, stay home. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think any of these things really had an impact on the game. But just in case, I wore my KC Wolf socks today, all right? And just in case, Bad Luck Chuck, yes, he was told, not to come to the game. And just in case that any last week's sermon had anything to do with it, I think we're just going to actually listen to last week's sermon today instead of me preach. Just sit back and relax. Some of you don't even remember what I said last week anyway. From the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Amen. (laughs) All right, go home, have fun. All right. That was our very own Kelly Winkler who does the intro to our podcast. That's actually a shameless plug. We actually do have a podcast. We record it every single Sunday, and it goes out literally all over the world. There's people in Belarus 
who listen to this sermon only because they know me personally and this is the only person in Belarus that listens to the sermon. But it is available in the event you miss a Sunday and you're like, oh man, I missed. I need to go back and, and to listen and that's a great way to do that. We've been asked, hey, why don't you do a live video feed? Uh, that's an option. It is something we could possibly do. Take some, requ- uh, some equipment and some other things to make something like that happen. But no, we're not going to just do that. But just, just to make sure you understand, Scripture does speak about superstitions. It says to be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. I don't think I had anything to do with the fact that they, they won last week or they played terrible in the first quarter. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just a backup mascot. Don't blame me. 1 Timothy 4.7 says, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. There are other things that matter more than just these superstitions. We like to joke about it, but I don't think it has really impact, any impact on the game. Is that true? You agree? Hopefully you agree. Hopefully you really don't think you had something to do. Like, you don't have, you don't have to take credit if they win. Like, a lot of people, when they say, man, we won. I was like, no, you didn't. They won. Unless you're on the team, if your name's on the roster, you can say we. But other than that, don't say that, all right? Because it's not true. Yeah, exactly, Reagan, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we lost, they lost, we didn't lose. So this week, we're going to talk about the second command. The first command was last week, we talked about repenting and believing. And then once you repent and believe, the next step is to be baptized. And so we're going to process through. Now get out your, your piece of paper there. You can follow along. Keeping track, you can fill in the blanks if you're one of those people that like to fill in the blanks. Maybe one of those people like to guess what you think the next word's going to be. But I gave all three, the first one's right there to you. So, why should I be baptized? Well, first one is to follow the example of Christ. To obey the command of Christ. And to unite with the body of Christ. The body of Christ as a whole, like to be a part of the family of God. When you, um, when you follow through your commitment after repenting and believing, you're to follow through with baptism. Important to know that baptism doesn't save you. And the reason why I think that's so important is because someone could just say, well, I just want to go through the waters of baptism, just a little insurance, make sure that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. But you can do that with, without ever repenting and believing in Jesus as your Savior. I mean, that's a physical act. And plus, baptism doesn't save you because it's not, it, you can't work for your salvation. You can't do something that earns your salvation. You have to put your hope and trust in Jesus. That's what brings salvation. But it does mean it's a new beginning for you. I say this when I baptize someone. The old is gone, the new has come. Because in Christ you're a new creation. Something's changed. That's why you should be baptized. I love this quote. And I I got this outline from a guy named David Platt. He's the one who put up this quote on the screen. And he's a, he's a passionate teacher of the gospel. He's the president of the International Mission Board through the, through the Southern Baptists. It says, the primary reason to be baptized is not to become a member of a church. The primary reason to be baptized is to obey Christ, period. Baptism is not primarily a church membership issue, but baptism is primarily an obedience issue. Now, let me just address this really quick. You say, well, I grew up um, Catholic or I grew up Lutheran or whatever it was and I was baptized as a baby. Does that count? 
Um, that counts as your parents dedicating you to the Lord and, and hopefully beginning a journey for you, but that's not a decision you made. It's not a decision you made. To repent and believe is a decision you must make on your own. Your parents can't make that decision for you. You can't get to heaven on your parents' faith. You must choose to follow Jesus on your own, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you're old enough to understand my voice and hear my voice today, that's a decision you must make on your own. And then, uh, as you get older, when you decide, you know what, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus, what is the next step? Well, the next step is to be baptized, and you can get to make that decision. Now, and we'll, we'll address this here in just a little while, too, about like uh, kids being baptized and those kind of things. I think when a young person comes to faith in Jesus and they say, and they have a, 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 a knowledge of salvation in their head at their age, and they say, I'm ready to make that decision, you walk with them through that decision. And you let them make that choice. And you explain to them what it is, and that they'll have an, a, an understanding of it. I mean, we don't really know what's going on inside their hearts or their heads. We just listen to them and believe that they've made that choice to follow Jesus. So what is the meaning of baptism? Well, it's a celebration of the grace of Christ. This gift that we've been given that we cannot earn on our own, it's been a gift to us. It's a celebration of that. He died on the cross as our substitute and rose again as our Savior. It's an illustration of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 talks about um, the burial and the resurrection. It's a symbol of that. It's a picture of us uh, being buried with Christ and being resurrected with Christ. That's what the picture of baptism is. And then it's a proclamation of the glory of Christ in the church and to all the world. It's a beautiful picture of what God has done in us. And we, we, there's glory there. And, and for one, Jesus gets the glory for that, right? It's not something, you know, obviously parents, you have a role to play, raise your children to know Jesus. A pastor has a role to play to... to um, Remind the child of that, to be a part of that celebration. But ultimately, it's for the glory of Christ. It's for his glory that we follow him in baptism. How should I be baptized? The most biblical mode of baptism, we believe, is immersion. And I'll explain why we believe that. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is how we should be baptized because Jesus told his disciples to go, therefore, into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then reminding them of the things that I've taught you. And so we should be baptized in this manner because that is what Christ told us to do. Remember back to the obedience of Jesus. Just obey Jesus is the thing that, that, is, that hovers over all of the commands that we're going to look at over the next few weeks is just obey him. If he's calling you to repent and believe, obey him. If he's calling you to be baptized, obey him. Don't obey me. Don't do it because Brady asks you to or because your family's encouraging to. You do it because Jesus is asking you to and you want to obey him. And it was a pattern of the early church and a picture of the good news. So turn to Matthew, if you will. Matthew chapter three. Matthew chapter three, and this is the, the picture of and the story of Jesus himself being baptized. And he gives us a few things to learn from this scripture. So Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 11. This is when 
John the Baptist, who was a forerunner. He came before Christ to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And John says in, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, I just want you to, to those two things, Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit comes when you put your faith and trust in Jesus you go through the waters of baptism, but the fire comes later in a couple of different ways, and I'll explain that to you in just a little bit. So he says, uh, Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. That is a prophetic picture towards the return of Christ. I have a friend that I uh, met at the Baptist church years ago. He was a deacon when I was there towards the end of my time at the Baptist church getting ready to leave. And he was an advocate of mine. He was a supporter of mine. He was just a dear, dear friend. Um, he made, he carved this out of wood for me. And the, the meaning behind this is, is that there is a, a picture, obviously, of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. There's a little, like, empty tomb, stone rolled away. But the thing that really fascinates me the most about this is this little opening right here. And he says that is the picture of when Jesus came to earth to accomplish what he needed to accomplish. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. But there's an opening because someday he's coming again. He's coming again to this earth. And that is when the baptism of fire, the very last thing that will happen when Jesus comes to cleanse the earth. And I just think there's a powerful powerful thought and image. And he just brought this to me today. Just kind of like, uh, he just showed up and said, hey, I have something for you. And it was, I thought it was very encouraging. So then the baptism of Jesus, starting in verse 13, it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you and yet you come to me. I mean, wouldn't we all say that? Like, I know if Jesus was like, hey, Brady, I'm here, I'm, I'm signing up, I'm going to get baptized on the 2nd of February, I know it's the next time you do baptisms, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 I want to get in the water, I want you to baptize me. Like, that's, that seems a lot more appropriate. But Jesus answered him, he says, allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. So this, this thought of fulfilling all righteousness is wrapped around um, a few thoughts, and uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. And then it says, uh, when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. When John baptized Jesus, it was this priestly presentation of the ultimate sacrifice. John the Baptist came from the line of Levi, the line of these, these priests that were, were um, assigned by God to, to carry out 
the worship and carry out the, uh, the um, things that would go on inside the temple, the sacrifices, the Levites. So John comes from this line, and John is presenting in this baptism of Jesus, this is the ultimate sacrifice that has come to the earth. And the following day, John said this about Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. No one else has ever had that title. No one else can claim that claim to say they are the ones who take away the sin of the world. Jesus identified with sinful man when he came to fulfill all righteousness and set an example for all of us. He came to model for us, to identify. Man, what a king. What a king who was able to leave his throne and come and identify with you and me. Like, that's the kind of king I want to follow. Not someone who sits on a throne far away that you cannot reach. Instead, it's someone who comes into our midst and, and shows us how to live, right? And shows us how to love. Do you know in this passage of Scripture, we see the evidence of the Trinity, Right, you hear the voice of the Father, you see the Spirit descending down, you see Jesus the Son, you see the Trinity right there. And this was the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus was set apart, um, obviously from heaven, and he came to earth. He was baptized, and then he went out into the desert. I want to encourage you, if you've been baptized, or if you're going to be baptized, I want to encourage you that there's going to be a time of testing. Now, don't let that scare you away from it. I want you to press into that and say, I bring it on, Jesus. I'm ready to go. But there's going to be a time of testing. And I've talked about this before, and I just believe it's true, and I want you to be prepared for it. That when you go through the waters, you identify yourself with Jesus, you come up and you count yourself as one of his. And you say, now I belong to him. And I guarantee you the enemy's not happy about that at all. And he will not, he'll just, he won't be like, oh, well, all right, I lost that one. All right, I'm moving on to the next one. You be prepared. Jesus went into the desert for 40 days, fasted, and he prayed and was tempted by the devil himself, which, by the way, um, some of you are pretty important in the kingdom, but I don't know that any of you are going to get the devil himself to come and tempt you, but you're going to be tempted, and you're going to struggle. You're going to be tempted to, to just to stop showing up at church. And I don't know why that happens, but it happens a lot. I don't know if it's because, well, I've already been baptized. It's all good now. I don't have to really, I don't have to play anymore. I've already won. No, you got to keep playing. You got to stay involved. You got to stay connected. Matter of fact, even more so, you got to stay connected. Because when the, the enemy will come, and you got to be prepared. So I just want to encourage you with that. Here's the beauty of baptism it's an essential and joyful declaration to the world that you belong to Jesus. Your Christian t-shirt does not tell people you belong to Jesus. I wear this beautiful cross, I love it, hardly ever take it off. It doesn't tell the whole world that Brady belongs to Jesus. It might just say that, hey, he's got style. He's got a cool necklace, you know. Doesn't mean that I belong to Jesus. Baptism is a way to declare that. Who should be baptized? Well, everyone who has been born again. Not everyone that's been born. Well, everyone should be baptized, but, but when you're born again. <laughs> you can't just say, well, I was, I was born, and so 
I'm going to go through the act of baptism and then, you know. No, if you've been born again, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you should be baptized. Um, I was joking earlier about listening to last week's sermon, but if you didn't hear last week's sermon, you should go back to the podcast and listen to last week's sermon because it talks about the first and foundational command to repent and believe. You can find it on our church Facebook page. You can find it on our website. Check it out. If you are young and you're here and you say, I've been thinking about being baptized, talk with your parents. Tell them what what you're feeling, what you're thinking about, and then come and talk with a pastor. Meet with me or meet with Justin, meet with Pastor Brady. At, uh, Rogers and sit down and say, I just want to make sure, sometimes as a parent, you're like, I just want to make sure my kid understands. Well, you know what? You're, if your kid's nine, he's going to understand what a nine-year-old understands. Just like if you're 59, you're going to understand at that level too. And so talk about it. Now, what about the subject of rebaptism? That happens a lot. I've been baptized a couple times. I was baptized when I was 17 years old because I just knew it was the right thing to do. I went forward and I prayed to just as I am. The song played. I went down. I said my prayer. I got baptized right after that. Maybe you've heard this story before. Um, but it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, being prepared for the testing that comes. I was 17. I got baptized. The guy that was the youth volunteer at our church hugged me, said, well, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Now I don't have to worry about you anymore. That's the exact time he should have started worrying about me. Because a month later, I got sucked into the desert, and I didn't do so well like Jesus did. I failed at every level. And it took me six years to get out of that pit that I got into. And so there was a time when I got into ministry, and I started really living for Jesus. There was a time where I knew I needed a fresh start, and I needed to bury an old life and raised to walk in a new life. Now, I didn't get baptized again because I got saved again. No, I believe that when I repented the first time, I believed. And God started a work in me, and he'll be faithful to complete that work until the day that Christ Jesus returns again, comes back through to receive us, to take him to, to be with him. But at that particular time, I needed a fresh start, and that was a symbol of doing that. So maybe you say, you know what, Brady? I got baptized when I was younger. I've really fallen away. I've been struggling. It's time for something fresh, something new. Would it be okay if I got baptized again? I, I say yes. I say yes to do that. Just as a symbol of that, that fresh start that you're wanting to begin. So when? When should I be baptized? Well, as soon as you trust in Christ as your Savior. <laughs> as soon as you repent and believe, I don't think you should wait very long because here's what happens is a lot of times we repent and believe, we really start following Jesus, and then we get busy, and we get distracted, and then we get kind of, oh, you know, maybe I didn't really follow Jesus. I don't really want to do that. I'm embarrassed. I want to be in front of people. Listen, Jesus hung on a cross in front of people. For you. Can I get an amen? I mean, come on. Like, serious. Jesus hung on a cross in public for you. And he's saying, you need to publicly proclaim your obedience to Christ. And baptism does that. It shows, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm willing to put it all in front of everyone. And I want to proclaim uh, my faith. Philip in the Ethiopian, Acts chapter 8. You don't have to turn there, but just kind of write that down if you want. Uh, Philip was told, go, go stand, go walk next to this chariot. While he was there, he was listening to the guy. He was reading scripture. He didn't understand it. Philip got in, explained the gospel to him, shared the gospel with him, and then immediately he said, hey, look, there's water. What should keep me from getting baptized? And Philip's like, nothing. Let's do it. And so they did. Now, 
We can't have water here every Sunday. I mean, we could, but it's a lot of work, and so we have to be particular about how we make that happen. But the next opportunity for that to happen is going to be February the 2nd. But when should you be baptized? The first thing you must do is you must repent and believe. And if you're here this morning, you say, Bray, I've never done that. I've never repented and believed. I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus. I, I think I need to. I, I've actually been, maybe I've been coming to church and it's like, man, every time Bray starts talking about it, I know, like Colt was saying, like, I know I needed to stand up, but I didn't want to stand up. But I was like, oh, I'm going to stand up anyway, you know. Maybe that's you. Maybe when we start to sing at the end, you need to come forward and say, Brady, that was me. You say, I don't know, maybe I need to take some time and pray about it. It's okay. Don't take a lot of time. Don't take a lot of time. We don't know how much time we have left. And when you're ready to get baptized, celebrate. Invite your family. Invite your friends, your coworkers, your enemies, your waitress at the restaurant today, <laughs> stranger on the street, I don't care. Just invite them. Get them in the door. They'll be, they'll be encouraged by it. They'll be challenged by it. When you walk out your faith in a public way, people are, people are confronted with the truth. When that happens. And I know that might seem a little scary to you. You know, there's a reason why 360 sometimes in Scripture, Jesus, or the Bible says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. There's a reason why. Because we allow fear to keep us from doing a lot of stuff that we are, God is asking us to do. And we're just supposed to obey. So I want to ask you a question. What is, what is God asking you to do right now? What are, you, what are you feeling like, man, I just need to obey this right now? What is it? What is it? I don't know. I wish I had the, the power to be able to, like, have, like, a cartoon, like, bubble pop up over your head with an arrow pointing to you. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be scary, wouldn't it, Mike? That'd be scary, <laughs> yeah. You know, the bubble would pop over Mike's head. Mike, Jesus says you're supposed to give me your Corvette. All right, boom, right there. All right, you, no, just kidding. Just kidding. He did not say that, all right? But that would be my selfish desire. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. God's touching your heart with something right now. And you can either receive it or you can run from it. That's your decision. It's your choice, right? I want the worship team to go ahead and come. As I was finishing up my time this morning, getting ready to come here, I, want, I, uh, I found this, uh, 
this passage of scripture. I've read it before because uh, I've read I've read the Bible a couple different times all the way through. Um, but this passage of scripture, I want to finish. I want to finish with this. And so it's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And so Paul is, Paul, this guy who was running hard from Jesus, had an encounter with Jesus. And Brady, you know this, he was, his sight was gone for three days. And when his sight came back, the first thing he did was get baptized. All throughout Scripture, they're, they're example after example of people, when they encounter Jesus, they get baptized. And so Paul's writing this letter to this, these people in this church, and I just think, man, this is a good word. This is a good word for us today here in this church, in this place, in this time. Paul says, we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. That is a prayer as your pastor, it is a prayer that your love for one another is increasing. It has to. If you want to be a part of the body of Christ, your love for one another must grow. In any family, your love for one another must grow. And there's all kinds of obstacles that get in the way of that. We don't have time for all that today, but you've got to grow in your love for one another. That's the reason why we want to offer stuff like next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. You want your love to grow for one another? Come if you can and get to know each other. Therefore, it says, Paul's writing says, therefore we ourselves boast about you among God's churches. I do, I boast about you. When I am talking to my pastor friends, hey, how's it going? How many people are you running? How many people are coming? You know what I don't think about a number? I think about faces. I think about stories. I think about families. I think about the impact that Christ has had on them. And I'll tell them those kind of stories. It says, we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you're enduring. I talk about that too. I talk about the things we're, we've gone through as a church together. It is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom for which you also are suffering, since it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Like if someone has hurt you, don't worry about it. God's got it. He's got it. He's going to take care of it. Hang on. You'll be counted worthy of God's kingdom. I mean, chief's kingdom is okay, but man, God's kingdom? Come on now. Come on. That's good. It's eternal. It's eternal. It says, since it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us. How many of you need some relief today from your affliction? And listen to what it says. This will take place at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his powerful angels when he takes vengeance with flaming fire. There's the baptism with fire I was talking about. It's coming. On those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. 
Remember the opening? It's coming. Jesus is coming. And there are those who obey, and there are those who are not obeying Jesus. It says they will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength on that day when he comes to be glorified by his saints and to be marveled out by all those who have believed because our testimony among you who has believed. Okay, and this is, this is my closing prayer. And then, and then the invitation is going to be this. It's twofold. If you've never repented and believed, then you need to come and repent and believe. And if you've done that, you say, Brady, I've never been baptized. I, or I need to, man, I need to make that decision again because of all the other stuff that's gone on in my life. I need to be baptized. That's your other choice. Don't let fear keep you from standing up, coming up. Here's a prayer. In view of this, we always pray for you, this is my prayer for you, that our God will make you worthy of his calling. And by his power, fulfill every desire that you would have to do good and that your work produced by faith so that the name of the Lord Jesus will be glorified by you and you by him according to the grace of our Lord God or grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, that he will make you worthy of his calling and by his power fulfill your every desire to do good and your work produced by faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified by you and you by him according to the grace of our Lord or of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, come. Would you be glorified today in our choice to follow you, to walk through the waters of baptism if we haven't done that, to obey the very next thing that you're asking us to do, whatever that might be, that we would not leave this place until we've just obeyed you. We pray this in the name of the one who is worthy of anything that we could do for him. And that is the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.